Welcome to I Am, I Have, brought to you by Happiful Magazine and Counselling Directory. Now we all have mental health and some of us will experience or live with mental illness, but that doesn't define who we are. Through I Am, I Have, we'll meet with some wonderful people who have spoken out about their mental health and illness and find out more about who they are and the passions that shape their lives, as well as their reflections on their own mental health. I'm joined today by Martin Robinson on I Am, I Have. Welcome, Martin. Thank you. And I'm going to ask you to introduce yourself, if that's okay. I can do that. Well, my name is Martin Robinson. I'm the editor of The Book of Man, which is a new men's website and brand that is trying to be a support network for men today, um, helping them through some of the challenges that they are facing in a very uh, rapidly changing world. Mm. That's great. And we're going to hear more about the Book of Man later on, but maybe with your first I am, which is I am passionate about men's mental health. Can you tell us more about that and where that's come from? Well, it's it's one of the one of the roots of, of where the Book of Man came from and, and the origins of it. I mean, I've got some personal experiences with mental health issues. And I think that as as we as we are looking at men today and what's what's what are the challenges that are facing them, I think one of the main things is getting them to connect and communicate. And we we do a lot of work with the suicide prevention charity Calm, and one of their key things is trying to bring people together and and have men open up. They find that men have a tendency if they do have mental health problems to isolate themselves, not talk keep it you don't want to appear vulnerable you don't want to appear weak so there's a tendency to just kind of go off down a lonely dark path and deal with things in isolation and so that's why it often comes as a great surprise to families and friends of of people who do go through such acts because it's it's often comes out of the blue because men keep it to themselves and sort of seeing that was just really frightening really and 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 the extent of the male suicide rates were were so huge you know biggest killer of men under 45 in the UK is just a kind of a, a, a sort of scandal, really. Like, how can this possibly happen? So, I think it's really crucial to kind of look at it and go, "What can we do to prevent it?" And then, what I want to do with uh, the Book of Man is is trying to look at the root causes of that as well. Like, why? What is it about men that we feel like we can't talk and we can't we can't don't want to feel weak and we don't want to deal with those issues or ask for help? You know, the idea of men asking for help is is quite alien and that applies to everything from you know any health worries men don't go to the doctors for a start um to work i've been doing quite a lot on mental health at work at the moment and trying to get through to men the idea that you can ask for help at work and go i don't know quite what i'm doing is so alien to the way that you are brought up through work and the way that you're taught to behave as a man you don't do that you have to be strong and you have to be, yeah, just infallible. So for me, it's it's really about untangling it all. I'm really interested and curious as to where masculinity comes from. I mean, there's a lot of nature, you know, there's, there's evolutionary things that have taken hold, clearly. Men have, are clearly physically different to women. But there's also a lot that's just been kind of socialised and, and culture 
and people that you're brought up with in the area and the regions all have an effect on you. And the more that I look into this and interview experts, there's more the more that I can see that a hell of a lot of it is is actually socialised. And there's a lot that can be changed and a lot that has been taught that isn't necessarily just what men are. And, and and that means that it can then also be changed because a lot of the ideas of just what men are can lead to a very destructive place. And that's for both men and women and everyone. So I think a lot of this is looking at men's mental health as a way to to also go into general masculinity and the world that we're in today and and seeing it as a, as a symptom of, of a bigger issue that affects everyone. And I think that if you can, if you can tackle some of those issues and help men feel better about themselves, I think that extends extends out further. I think it's quite a profound thing. Absolutely, you know, it has a ripple effect. I think so. Yeah, I think it does. And so, and I really think it has it has an effect on sort of violence and addiction and all these other things. And I think they all come from a kind of an inability to cope with certain emotions or psychological issues that you you just don't deal with you're not told to deal with so so yeah i think it's i think it's a really really crucial thing that's that's happening right now and i think there is change coming so it's great to kind of be a bit a part of that or or trying to have a dialogue with what's going on at the moment yeah that's great and when we talked before the podcast we were talking about your career to date and you're Mm. working with enemy and also shortlist when did you start to see the changes? Because, you know, kind of male or music magazine culture is very different to perhaps the culture you're talking about now. When did you start to see the changes around men's mental health? I think the it was about five years ago, I think, and I was still editor of Shortlist. You could see things were, were changing somewhat. I mean, that magazine had, was quite unique in that it, it did deal with mental health issues even before I arrived there and sort of it kind of went to those more sensitive places for men which was quite unique because that was not the way that you did things in men's magazines you kind of for many years it was kind of GQ doing the kind of James Bond remote sort of impenetrable super guy or it was the lads where you had to be just an idiot and everything was a laugh and you don't care about anything you just want to get drunk and fall over I got increasingly interested in that world and trying to do more things on that basis because you could you could just sense it. You could just sense that things things had shifted somewhat. So there was a big story 10 years ago now in the Atlantic called The End of Men. And it kind of was kind of the start of, of when people started talking about the masculinity crisis. And the idea of the story was kind of like saying that post-industrial society isn't that suited to men. They don't have the communication skills to effectively operate as they once did or to be the dominant force and there was a huge shift coming and it obviously caused a lot of debates and issues but a lot of it has kind of been borne out that there is a huge change happening and perhaps men haven't been able to sort of keep up with it or not dealing with it really so so there's a lot of talk around that at the time and it it just felt like you know things were going to go in that direction brands started picking up on it as well links did a big campaign which was about celebrating your difference. And that was off the back of a huge kind of Unilever survey that they did in America and the UK and Mexico and all these countries. And saw this common problem about the, the idea of the man box and men being trapped into in, in these ideals of, of masculinity that were perhaps 
well, restrictive. That, yeah, that's of the idea. So they developed a campaign around it, and when that starts happening, you can start, you can see that that things are things are different, and they, it was a huge success for them. And then you also have have role models, celebrities started talking about some of the issues they've been through, you know, and 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 a few sort of pioneers in that started to really have an effect. Whenever anyone did it, they were getting a nice receptive response yeah. rather than being mocked as perhaps you'd get in the past. So I think within this, role models are still really important. I mean, we, we work with Professor Green and I think he he's a really important person in that place. I mean, before the last World Cup, you had footballers coming out on the eve of it in press conferences going, I've experienced depression. Yeah. You would never have got that 20 years ago. No. No chance. Remember how Frank Bruno was treated. Exactly. You know, he was mocked on the front pages yeah. of many of the tabloid newspapers. Yeah, absolutely. So I think it's mm. wonderful. And for people to be able to to say, for men to be able to say, this is what my challenge is, this is what I'm living mm. with. But that's not just what they're talking about it's in the context mm. of their wider life you know professor yeah. green talks about that but he also talks about his music and mm. you know his creativity yeah all of those things it's it's not the one narrative no. it's part of that whole person and i think that's what we're trying to achieve as well with i am i have mm. is that we are many things and mental yeah. health is just part of that it doesn't have to completely define you you know but it, it but it does I think most people have had some experience of it or can recognise it to a, yeah. to a degree. And it can just be a moment in time or it can be a longer thing, but it is something that you you can work with and kind of get through. And if you haven't been through it before, it can also be very terrifying. So to know that other people have lived with it, have gone through it, is 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 really important, I think. And continue to... To work and function, I think that's yeah. the thing. It's not a, it's not an end of a pathway. So you were talking about workplace and mental health, mm. and I know that the mental health first aid project to try and get people to have. And Natasha Devon's been talking about this to get mm. parity with physical health, so people yeah. in the workplace know how to help someone who is perhaps going through depression mm. or even spotting someone who may be experiencing kind of suicidal thoughts and, mm. and how to work with them. I think that's really important. And I do wonder whether men struggle more in some of the more traditional workplaces with being able to ask for help for fear of it looking like they can't do their job. Oh, yeah. I think that's a big fear is if I tell you this, will you think I'm not capable? Mm. It's amazing how many people can be experiencing quite profound mental health challenges mm. but yet can still continue their job on a day-to-day -day basis yeah i mean we we do a lot of stories on kind of city workers actually yeah. we've had a lot of people sort of write in and have published uh, three or four stories and it's usually the similar sort of tale where they're kind of in these really alpha environments and that's at work and then after work as well they've got to do the same thing at the pub and it's all about this big display and performance and then secretly they're at home crying their eyes out or yeah. or just doing some lonely drinking at home or whatever it is and it's still but then having to do that go through that all again the idea of saying to anyone i'm struggling yeah. is completely alien and a lot of the guys who've written stories have, have done it anonymously and still working there still doing it so it's quite yeah it's that it's, it's a very hard thing for, yeah. for men to get across i mean we've been doing a mental health allies scheme and sort of hearing that idea which is a similar kind of thing to the first aiders the idea of having just someone on the shop floor who people can go and speak to off the record not having to go through official channels yeah. just so that there's that little support there 
but even speaking to uh, Mediacom, who we've been working with on this, who kind of introduced that scheme, it's difficult to get men even into that kind of space. It's definitely getting better and having visible men in their office being mental health allies obviously helps, but it is a it's a massive change for men to get their head around. It is. And I do think we've had some major breakthroughs in the last couple of years. I mean, I think Prince Harry speaking yeah. on the Bryony Gordon podcast, Definitely. that was really interesting. You know, mm. someone, not only a man and someone who had done a role that you could deem as being quite traditionally masculine, mm. but also being a member of the royal family. I, I still liked the way that he handled all that because it was a reframing for me of of it of the bravery of of opening yourself up. I mean, if we're talking about what a real man is, it takes a real man to kind of open up on about his feelings and the difficult things he's been through. That takes real bravery because you're kind of breaking from the pack. That felt like a, a another important moment, I yeah. think, over the last few years where where it's kind of like, it, it, yeah, it just heroes that behaviour. It's not just like, I've got something to confess. It's like, this happened to me. And it's really important that I had the chance to talk about it and I'm going to tell you all about it and I'm going to keep talking about it. It suddenly becomes like a really noble thing to do. So, of course, you you kind of want to echo that in some way yourself as well. So I'd like to think that that's all kind of trickling down and it's changing for, for a lot of men. What's I, I, I definitely think there's a sense of a new generation coming up who have gotten much more of a handle on this, but so which is really interesting. But I'm also really interested in like the older guys as well who are having to get to grips with this kind of changes and they can be so ingrained with old ideas of what it is to be a man. It's really difficult to do it. It's like my grandfather was in the war. You know, it's not that far yeah. away. For, to have that that kind of teaching where, you know, you know, those men really, you know, really did have to man up and get through it. Yeah. They really did. So, but those kind of teachings as they go along that get passed down, yeah. are they relevant anymore? You know, as much respect that you can have for that, are they relevant anymore for us? We're going to move on to your next, which is you said, I am seeking a new masculinity. And what does new masculinity mean for you? And, and can you talk about your commitment to this? You've talked about the Book of Man, but... Yeah new masculinity in particular it's not a, a set of rules as such it's more like a, a unpicking of of kind of old school masculinity traditional masculinity and and therefore kind of opening up of what you what you can be so new masculinity is is an idea about freeing things up and not having to conform to stereotypes i think a lot of this is is being inspired by feminism and seeing how feminism is kind of encouraging women to kind of rip up the rule book and not have to do what society has told you to do. Yeah. I think that's a really inspiring message for men. A lot of men can be quite afraid of it, but you should look at it as that's great. Why don't we do that? Why can't why can't I take a year off and look after my kids at home like I really want to, but I was too afraid of losing my job and losing face and that's not what men do. Yeah. It's kind of ludicrous. So so it's, yeah, it's about unpicking all those kind of things and just freeing things up a little bit. So it, in other words, it's kind of like just a vehicle and a term that we use a lot on the Book of Man and is is, is a way to just kind of to illustrate that we're making a, a break, essentially. Yeah. It's just making sure that as we go forward, we're not getting restricted by things that aren't so great for us, like as not being able to talk or ask for help those kind of things making sure there's enough of a 
kind of support group or a normalization that you can you can go off and you can you can get help for it and you can be supported and if you need it you can you can yeah just find that support that you need so so it's interesting it's interesting it's it's i've generally had a a a response to that that's been quite positive there's been things happening over the last few weeks a lot of talk about masculinity where's had huge backlash one way and then another backlash the backlash the other way Gillette advert out there's also a report by the American Psychologist Association which was about which literally came out and said traditional masculinity causes suffering in men right and it was quite a, a landmark report also had a set of guidelines for psychologists in the states which was about how you would start unpicking some of those things around men and as a way to kind of solve some of their problems and i think it was it's one of the the first major things to make that link between the way that we are socialized to be men isn't that great for you obviously that had a huge sort of backlash with certain factions in in america who were saying you're trying to eradicate men trying to cure masculinity And I think there's a similar kind of narrative going on around the Gillette advert as well, that mm. it's an attack on men. I think that while the advert is far from perfect, it, so the issues that it raises are important ones and relevant ones. And I think that the very fact that it creates such sort of outrage means that it's really hit a nerve. Yeah. And these things, and men are very, or certain men are kind of really fearful about losing that idea of of just being a man which doesn't make that much sense to me just on a basic level about don't we all want to be better in some way or improve in some way and f- feel better about ourselves and have a bit more self-respect what i would say is that there's a it's positive that that people are talking about yes. it and it has become a debate and this idea of of there being an old school masculinity, a traditional masculinity that is somehow irrelevant now, yeah. and things are changing, is is kind of the, the what we've we've been talking about, and it's exciting to kind of see those things come out into the public sphere and yeah. kind of like really hit a mainstream audience who might be going one way or might be going the other way, but at least they're engaging with it. But it's why it's so important that the Book of Man and and Calm and all of these other yeah. other conversations and platforms exist. I think men are very, we're people, right? And Individual. Individuals with a lot of their own sort of problems and issues and yeah. great things and all very complicated situations relevant just to them. And I think that... That, but it's 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 kind of strange that that generally you don't see that or haven't in the past you haven't seen that sort of nuanced yeah. idea of being a man. So I think part of this is also getting real with things as well. Come on, we can admit how we are or how we feel or all of this. It's it's fine. You have a festival. You're running a festival on yeah. new masculinity. Yeah. Yeah, Festival of New Masculinity. It's, it's great, yeah. I mean, we're, we're not even a year old, but we've managed to kind of work this into a, a kind of live space. I think I always wanted... I, I didn't just want this to be kind of like a, a website full of opinion pieces. I wanted to kind of like actually get people together in a room and sort of have have that real-world experience. So the festival is a series of events that we're doing in two venues in Shoreditch. Hoxton Square Bar and Kitchen and the Book Club and it's great it's such good timing now that everyone is talking about it so we've had a lot of a lot of interest and a lot of support for it we're basically doing a series of of panels and podcasts 
on issues like as broad as the future of men. Just trying to get some interested speakers and sort of, yeah, get to grips with some of these issues that are facing men and having audiences there. I mean, last night after we did this one on creativity and mental health, there's people, there's 100 people there and they all stuck around afterwards and every single person had a story to tell. It was quite remarkable that they were, they'd all been, or most of the people there had been personally affected in some way by mental health issues. And they were very keen and really used it as a, as a way to kind of talk to people yeah. about what has, what's happened to them. I think there's a really valuable thing in that. And the the ambition is to kind of not just restrict this to a kind of like London thing, but actually get around the country and start building building those areas. Because I think it's difficult with men. It is, it, if you kind of go, come to a mental health event, they just picture kind of a room with some plastic chairs in it and also in a circle and they've got to expose themselves. And I think what we want to do is kind of make it a fun and, and entertaining experience as well as being some place that you can actually get something from. So having guests along and celebs and a bit of music really, really helps and a bit of grooming and all those kind of things. You really create this nice little world to enter yeah. without too much pressure. And yet you can get the help you need if you like or you can just engage with it if you like i mean we're we're partnering with calm again on on this so yeah it's a really exciting thing to do i'm really interested to hear how it all goes your final i am you tell us i am a dad so talk to us Mm. about being a dad being a dad wow well it was just transformative for me i think there's also kind of kinds of profound things that happen when you when you become a father i think that all the kind of self-destruction that i was up to before then maybe not all of it most of it fell away <laughs> most of it fell <laughs> you away keep a bit of your old you self. Have to, you got to keep that yeah it's not to say that it solves everything that, that, that you need to but it, i think it's a really a really important thing and, and something that i really value and and love and to the extent where part of doing my own thing and my own business and my own brand i've tried to build my children into that as well in some way i haven't got them working for me yet but it, just to make sure that my time. my hours <laughs> my hours are a bit flexible and yeah. i'll still take my son swimming at this time and those kind of things just to make sure that I, that that home life is looked after because having worked in kind of quite a demanding publishing industry you kind of your hours are ridiculous mm. and it, it occurred to me that I, I kind of didn't see that much of my son because of the commute and all that and I think it's a very common story and I, I kind of yeah wasn't there as much as I should have been I guess so I, I kind of yeah really want to to also hero fathers on the site I think that's a crucial thing and, and help them it's strange when I was yeah, when when my other half was pregnant, I started buying books, as you do, and the books on being a father are dreadful. Are they? Absolutely dreadful. Well, they were at the time. This was five years ago. Maybe there's been some They talk a lot sense, about but... your partner's hormones. Yeah, they do. But it's all stuff like, um, there's one that's called like Commando Dad, right? And it's all this really kind of patronising thing about, you need to get your kid in shape. And it's just kind of like you don't need to you don't need to do that, right? Yeah. Just talk to me, just tell me what the hell's going to happen, right? Yeah. <laughs> I need some information <laughs> to get to me through this stuff, yeah. <laughs> and so, uh, and also, and again, that kind of just builds up the idea that somehow 
you're going to be betraying part of your masculinity. So be a commando as you do it, and you're going to cling on to it. I mean, it's a bit tongue-in-cheek, but it still nevertheless reinforces yeah. that idea. So, so we do a lot about dads, and we have a lot of dads writing for us, talking about some of the terrible things that have happened to them, the terrible emotions that they feel as part of it. I mean, we've had this uh, author, David Whitehouse, write one which just absolutely cracks me up and is kind of about his despair <laughs> some of the things that that kind of happened to him and I thought it's so it's so real and and understandable when you're when you're talking about you know does your child hate you and things do you know what I mean yeah. things like that I think it's really great to, to kind of open that stuff up because it's a very it's a very challenging thing to have to do but fundamentally you kind of want to go yeah this is great this is so good you know and especially hearing fathers and hearing fatherhood is is important i think that you know it's i don't know do, do, when when we're looking at a lot of the mental health issues some people talk about often absent fathers are a, are a huge issue mm-hmm. i don't think you can you know it's a it's a bit of a task to try and solve that that kind of problem but i think kind of at least just celebrating you know those those figures i think is is kind of crucial so personally speaking, yeah, it's a great thing for me and I, and I think it's just, yeah, an, an important thing to kind of learn about as well. Yeah. And again, another thing that you want to ask help around. Even small things. There's that idea that you're supposed to just know, you know, that's the thing Who with does? men. Yeah, you're supposed to know with everything. You're supposed to know how to do your job instantly. The yeah. second you go into it, you're supposed to know how to be a father the second you've got it. And... Go from intern to CEO <laughs> in, you know... Yeah. After a labour, you know, it's it's that's it. You're done. And and that's why you end up in a panic most of the time because you're just trying to everything's going wrong. You don't know what you're doing, and it can be a terribly difficult thing. Yeah. But rewarding. But rewarding. It is rewarding. It is rewarding. But it'd be nice to have that extra bit of support. I think. Yeah. And again, I think that with this kind of thing, once you start talking about it. And you do meet up with other dads who you get on with, and you start getting into that. It's it's brilliant, and yeah. And I think things are changing. I don't th- I don't think the same remoteness that father figures were expected to have or or had to have. Yeah, it's quite there anymore. I think it's much. It's getting to a much friendlier and engaged space. I'm going to move on to your I have, which is mm. you shared with us that you have lived with depression, and I wondered if you wanted to talk a bit more about that. Yeah, God, I haven't really talked about this too much. I suppose it's something that I've had throughout my life and never really, and I'm one of those people who never would really talk about it. So within all this, as I'm talking about these issues on my site and stuff, I'm usually doing it from the response of like, I'm the worst person, right? Yeah. I All these issues, I'm not going, this is how you should, you should do things. This is how you should behave. It's more like, I've I'm I do this right yeah. and I think quite a lot of us do it and we need to explore this so yeah the idea of sort of talking about seeking help was just something that I never really did but it's something that I've I've really had badly at some stages particularly from sort of teenage years and then various points um, beyond then and it really it sort of manifested itself for me in a kind of almost a total shutdown. So I used to find it very difficult to talk at all. Yeah. Oh, so I was kind of like a strange mute kind of figure and still am in some circumstances. I find it quite hard. But I think that that was 
I don't know where it came from, right? I suppose I've, I've got a few sort of like underlying issues. Maybe being a northern man might have some bearing on it as well in the environment that I was in, but I'm, I'm not sure. I think that, you know, my family are quite open people, so I'm, I'm not quite sure if it was any learnings that I was taking, but certainly it wasn't the thing that boys did. You didn't talk about your worries. You just kind of, you're just the miserable one, right? right. You're just the miserable one who's kind of into joy division and all that kind of stuff, you know, and you kind of go with that kind of caricature like and you make a, fun of it's it. It's a choice. It's yeah, a, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So you just, It's a style. Yeah, exactly. But for me, it kind of, it, and it was that, but also it was really happening and I was really yeah. struggling at certain stages. And I do think, as, as the work that I've been doing now, I've, I've kind of do think, what would things have been different for me then had I seen some of the things that are around now? And I think that we would have been. Yeah. I think I would have... I, I think there's a lot of demonisation of social media, a lot of it, you know, correct. But there's other things where, if you're quite isolated, that you can find little pockets of support and just relevance within that and I think as as kind of bedroom ridden dude in East Yorkshire you kind of I think I probably would have gravitated towards that rather than talk to the people around me and certainly my working career is again I still would really kind of struggle I I think had there been some support within that working environment I'd probably have used it if it had been there I remember there being very visible kind of mental health support people at university as there often is and I did go for help there and found that very helpful at, the, at that time but then it kind of it dropped away but I, I still kept on having sort of episodes so again that's why I think you know literally having people who can support you in school yeah. and at work is 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 crucial because my way of dealing with it was just to get incredibly drunk and that really worked for me for a time. You know, it certainly stopped me from being so quiet, you know, but it did mean that I would, I, I couldn't relax or expose myself unless I'd had three pints down me and, and that, then everything was fine. And that masked what was going on Yeah. before that. And, and when you say you were a teenager, we were talking mm. again just before we came on the podcast. When was that? Was that late 90s? Yeah, yeah. I think if you did isolate yourself at that time, there wasn't the same opportunity to to mm. reach out or be reached, mm. you know, that there is now no. through forums and social media and things like that. And I think recognising that if you had had that at the time, mm. you're kind of paying it forward with the work that you're doing now mm. because people will be able to see in the book of man that that help mm. is available but yeah. i just wondered whether it is supportive to you to be in that vi- environment as well personally mm. you know if you were to or if you are experiencing depressive episodes yeah certainly i, I think it, it's allowed me to start coming to grips with some of those things and i've, I've kind of started to write bits about it as as a kind of way to get a grip on it it's also building a company and i'm trying to build a company where it has got proper mental health support in that and that's for me as well as for everyone else within it it can be it kind of goes two ways actually quite a lot of it because i'm dealing with quite a lot of heavy issues a lot of the time and i've i found myself quite early on actually getting quite buried in it because it was we were doing a, a hell of a lot on 
sort of male suicide and those kind of issues and it kind of took me back to some of the things that I'd experienced and I kind of have to consciously get myself give myself a break from some of that and and also it's just I think it helps with the sight as well to just have some a bit of levity as well as the other stuff but yeah it was interesting from the 90s yeah it was all about destruction and annihilation and yeah and and drinking was the way to fit in that's what everyone did you know yeah no I'm I'm smiling because yeah I definitely always thought I was a slightly no a much better version of myself if I'd had a lot of alcohol but then what happens is the next day I would spend the whole day trying to unpick it and and at the Mm. time it wasn't you know there was no social media so there was no trace of it which was brilliant but also that kind of thing of not of not having any knowledge of, of mm. what had happened the day before. Yeah. What you were saying about taking time away from, you know, what you're doing on the Book of Man, I think that's something really interesting for anyone who works in mental health. It is important. Yeah, it's. I've found that a lot. And, and we've been, I, I did a, a panel with some mental health influencers, they were called, which is quite strange. But people who do, who deal with those kind of issues online all the time. Yeah. And it was kind of about how to look after yourself within that environment. You know, mm. you're clearly doing some things and important things to you. But also, if you're trapped into getting continual validation from it and the likes for what you're doing, it can also perpetuate it as well, I think. Yeah. So it's a, it's a tricky, yeah, it's definitely a tricky thing, but I think absolutely the breaks in whatever it is, however you do it, is is really important with, with everything. I think there's so many pressures on people to continually kind of be online and work and be yeah. seen and all the time. It's just like Take it. getting that wet route out is more crucial than ever, I think. Yeah. I agree. So one final question. Mm. If you could say one thing to teenage martin in a room in east yorkshire from today's martin what would you say to him get a haircut a good haircut stop dressing like that (laughs) stop drinking so much and it's all gonna be all right i think the thing the thing that i i didn't have at that time was yeah it's all gonna be okay i'm getting quite emotional now it's all right (laughs) it is all gonna be okay and it is Oh dear. Sorry. <laughs> I was drinking whiskey last night as well, and that explains it. Okay. Yeah, I think just that is going to be all right. Thank you. If you'd like to find out more about Martin's work, visit thebookofman.com, follow on Instagram, and please check out the information and book tickets for the Festival of New Masculinity, which will run until the 19th of March. Finally, thank you for listening to I Am, I Have, brought to you by Counselling Directory and Happiful magazine. If you'd like to read more about mental health and wellbeing, head over to happiful.com and sign up to receive a free e-edition of the magazine every month. If you're looking for local counselling support, you can find over 15,000 counsellors at your fingertips at counselling-directory.org.uk. Finally, If you need to speak to someone immediately, the Samaritans are available 24 hours a day on 116123. And you can also email joe at samaritans.org. Help is available. This podcast has been produced by Happiful. If you've enjoyed listening, please subscribe, rate, review and share on social media. We hope you'll join us again soon.